Truth Espresso, episode 141. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Truth Espresso Express. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and I am on my way to work on this Thursday morning. And as this episode airs, it should be Friday. Last week on Truth Espresso Express, we talked about uh, an overview of Galatians, uh, one of the earliest epistles of the Apostle Paul. And uh, we went over the first half, the first three chapters of Galatians. And so I was studying uh, the book of Galatians again last night. And so I want to go over the second half of the book of Galatians. Because the book of Galatians is a very important doctrinal epistle from Paul early on in his ministry. And it recognizes the strong influence of the law salvation people. So the Apostle Paul, who grew up as a uh, Judaizer, basically himself, and zealously persecuted the church, as he mentioned in Galatians chapter 1, uh, was confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus, Jesus from heaven, and then Paul was given the the gospel to preach to the nations and the apostle paul by revelation from jesus christ and his study of the old testament the prophecies realized that the gospel itself is not antithetical to the law but that the law served a purpose and he mentions um, in chapter three that the law could not disannul the command, the uh, the law could not disannul the promise that God gave to Abraham and that um, it was given because of transgressions and th- that it was going to be there until the seed, the promised seed should come. And that promised seed is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is the one who fulfilled the law on our behalf. Now, the Apostle Paul elsewhere also mentions, you know, he he isn't uh, an, he isn't anti-law. He just um, recognizes the purpose that the law served and currently does serve, as you um, see the evangelical methods of um, Ray Comfort in the way of the Master. You see that the law. Um, as the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And so the law is holy. The law currently does serve a purpose, and the law ref- reflects the morality of God. So as Christians, we don't discard the law. In fact, we follow the morality of the law expressed in the law, 
but uh, we recognize that even the ceremonial um, and civic aspects of the law, whether or not they apply to uh, nations or Christians today, they still reflect the holiness of God. And so the Apostle Paul wasn't against the law for that purpose. He was against the idea that you have to keep the law, the written um, ceremonial law of God, including circumcision, to be right with God, to be saved. And he understands that that is against the gospel. And so we move on to chapter 4 of the epistle to the Galatians. And Paul begins there, after talking about the promise of Abraham in the previous chapter, how those in Christ are children of Abraham, he now in chapter 4 expresses our relationship to the law. Those who have received the gospel, we can understand how we relate to the law and how we relate to the law as God revealed it, as God intended it in progressive revelation. And he describes this relationship to the law as um, as we are children of the king. Like, we are heirs to the throne, but as children, um, you know, as we're growing up as children, we don't wield the power of, of the throne. We just as really any other citizen or as a servant, um, a young child, before he assumes any position of authority, is similar to a servant. He has to learn in school and be graded. And, you know, a mere servant of the king who functions as the schoolmaster and in effect has the authority over the prince himself to discipline him, to, um, you know, school him, to grade him. Uh, So even a servant there has the authority over the son of the king to tutor him and to instruct him. And that's what the Apostle Paul is describing our relationship with the law because he said that the law is our schoolmaster to bring it bring us to Christ so the law serves as a purpose to educate us about God about his ways and to point us to Christ so there even if we as God's called are children of the king and we are we have that kingly uh, position uh, promised to us we are still in bondage until we um, understand, until we mature and realize just what the purpose of that law is, to instruct us and bring us to Christ. Um, you know, proper education requires that the princely child be treated no differently from any other child. Um, but the Apostle Paul mentions, um, you know, in the fullness of times, God sent forth his son, um, you know, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem uh, those who are under the law. Now, remember, I'm driving to work, and so uh, anything I remember from Scripture will come from, um, you know, my memory. But that passage is one that I use a lot when I'm arguing with people over um, the truth of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so that 
Paul's point of that is, you know, eschatological to show that, you know, the fullness of times has been fulfilled in Christ and that's how we are no longer under the covenant of the law. But, you know, I want to point out here when he says that God sent forth his son born of a woman. Um, you know, so he's born of a virgin woman, but the fact that he's born of a woman shows that he's just as human as a woman. And in fact, born under the law also points to the fact that he is truly fully human. Now, not only fully human, but he is fully human. He doesn't lack anything that would be characteristic of the human nature apart from the sin that has corrupted the progeny of Adam. So when it comes to ontology, Jesus Christ is every bit as human as we are. Um, Even as God has miraculously provided him through the virgin birth, you know, whatever God had to do to ensure that that miracle of a virgin conception and being born of the virgin um, allows him to be fully human, he is, because he could not be born under the law if he were not fully human, because the law was given to humanity. As we are created in the image of God, we reflect God, we are obligated to show forth God in our lives, and so the morality of God is given to us, created in his image, and Jesus Christ, to redeem us, had to be fully human, as the Apostle Paul says, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that are under the law. That shows that Christ is indeed God among us, Emmanuel. He is fully God, but he's also fully human, fully subject to the law, because if he were, you know, a goat, as the the epistle of the Hebrews says, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin, but, you know, God said sacrifices and offerings you he did not desire but a body has prepared for me the son and so yes jesus christ was indeed fully human he had a full human body and you know full human spirit he had the entirety of the human nature to be under the law of god to redeem them that are under the law and how did he do that well he had to live a perfect life be the perfect scapegoat the perfect lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world he had to live a perfect life so that then he could be innocent and then bear all the sins of um, the elect in his body on the tree he had to bear the sins of humanity those who would be saved in his body on the tree and then by the resurrection uh, according to Romans chapter 1 it you know it proved that he was the son of god uh, in glory so that's a lot about this born of a woman born under the law to redeem them under the law fully human he was made a human child while still retaining his full divinity and he fulfilled the law so that he would be the rightful heir of all things so there is a covenant between the father and the son 
And, you know, as the Father is the one who's made known as Yahweh in the Old Testament, the Son is the one who makes the Father known by the revelation of the Incarnation. And then um, the Father makes uh, the Son Christ. He anoints him as Christ. He makes him fully Lord. He puts all things under his feet, and he reigns until his enemies are made a footstool. And then when the end comes, he delivers the kingdom to the Father. So there's this inter-Trinitarian covenant with the Father and the Son by which God is revealed to humanity via progressive revelation of the law and the fulfillment of the law and salvation, the covenant of redemption there. And so... That has, uh, as how Paul recognizes the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ becomes heir of all things. And then we, um, as Paul expresses, we're under the, the bondage of the law until we become heirs through the gospel and we come, become heirs through Christ. As Christ is heir, we are joint heirs with Christ. And then, um, let's see, so uh, toward the end of chapter 4, Paul explains this further. He, sh- he wants to demonstrate how the Old Testament prophesies this, the fullness of times, but he gives the uh, analogy of Hagar and Sarah. So Sarah is the one through whom the promise comes, but Abraham, with his lack of faith, uh, wanting to understand things, uh, fleshly speaking, like, okay, I need an heir, so let's do the fleshly means of, uh, you know, my ability to get an heir. And so that reflects the understanding, the Judaizers understanding of the covenant of the law, that they are in bondage to Hagar, um, the covenant of Hagar um, in Arabia, or sorry, the covenant of Hagar, but then the real, the promise of the gospel is through Sarah, that the miraculous promise that God would provide the seed through Sarah, that she should have a son, and we know that that seed was Jesus, ultimately, and that, you know, Paul says that we as Isaac are, are children of promise, but those who are seeking to be in bondage under the law, they are the children of Hagar. <laughs> you know, it's an analogy, but it aptly explains the understanding of those who would be in bondage to the law for their salvation and those who understand the promise that the law could not disannul, that the law was given for transgressions until the seed should come who would fulfill the law and provide the gospel and we would be joint heirs with him um, and have be allowed to have the blessings of Abraham by faith and Abraham was justified by faith before the covenant of circumcision. And then Paul mentions the prophecy in Isaiah that the the desolate, there would be more children of the desolate than there are of the bondwoman. And he mentions from Genesis about cast out the bondwoman and her children, for she will not be heirs with the one um, uh, of promise, essentially. 
So then, quickly uh, um, move on to chapter 5. Paul uh, challenges us, uh, if I remember, you know, stand fast um, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And he really lambasts the Judaizers and, the, uh, you know, warning the Galatians about the idea that, you know, circumcision doesn't profit you anything. Um, you know, it's, it's not circumcision that makes you right. God had a purpose for circumcision, but it wasn't doing this act saves your soul. And, um, you know, he, he says that if one uh, practices circumcision, if one truly holds to circumcision, then he's a debtor to keep the whole law. You know, and he's not saying if you happen to have been circumcised, now you're bound to keep the whole law. He's talking about those who believe that and teach that circumcision is necessary, that like to be consistent, you must keep the whole law. And, you know, uh, because then he also says circumcision and uncircumcision, neither of them matter, but, you know, faith working through love. And yes, I hear a lot of Roman Catholics try to take that to talk about their understanding of the gospel being a life of kind of faith um, living out by good works. And yeah, I mean, when they try to explain it to us, you know, Protestants, you know, there's, it's not completely false, but they have the cart before the horse. They have they don't understand that it's not us doing the works that um, contributes in any way to our salvation. Um, you know, we it is faith alone that saves, but, you know, the faith that saves produces works. So then Paul, at the end of Galatians 5, remember the, the very well-known passage of the fruit of the Spirit. So Paul then does warn the Galatians, um, you know, okay, discarding the necessary, the requirement of keeping these outward ordinances of the law, he does say that, you know, be not deceived, um, you know, don't be doing these bad works here, you know, someone who does these evil things demonstrate that they're not um, heirs of the kingdom, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and there is no law that forbids these things, but the fruit of the Spirit are these things, and none of these things are things that you would check off on a on a an outward list of ordinances they are characteristics of one who has the spirit of god so paul is demonstrating that you know christians have a you know demonstrate their faith through love and you know joy and peace and things like that not not uh, outward ordinances like circumcision and things like that. These are not the things that save at all. Um, but, you know, the Spirit of God accompanies one who is saved by faith and, you know, produces the fruit of the Spirit. And now, let's go on to the final chapter of Galatians, chapter 6. Um, then he, he admonishes um, those who are 
spiritual to restore one who's faltered and then he gives you know which i don't have enough time to explain much um it's, it's it can be difficult to understand what paul means when he says things that seem to contradict like you know bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ and then he uh then he uh two, a few verses later says for everyone will bear his own burden, which, you know, I think it's like, you know, help each other out, you know, in the context of one who's faltered, restore him, you know, so help each other out, constantly provoke each other to love and good works. <laughs> and, you know, so always seek to try to, you know, provoke each other to continue to live the faith, but bearing one uh, each one bear his own burdens well yeah everyone will get his own reward or get you know see his own work um burned up as uh first corinthians 3 talks about so that's the that's what paul means with bearing one will bear his own burdens is because you know each one is indeed accountable for his own actions but as the body we should be trying to provoke each other and helping each other where we where they can so then he talks about the law of sowing and reaping on that account and then yeah he has another criticism for the judaizers in um the vein there where they they compel you to be circumcised um, but they don't really keep the law themselves and then once again he says that circumcision and uncircumcision don't matter but um, you know those who walk according to the rule that 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 neither of them neither of those states actually matter um, peace and blessing be upon them and upon the Israel of God. And I'm getting close to work, so if you're really hoping for me to uh, really get into Galatians 6.16, well, <laughs> not this time. Um, and I'm saved by the bell on that one, huh? But, you know, Paul then concludes uh, Galatians chapter 6 that, you know, he talks about bearing in his body the marks of Jesus Christ, like his life is proof that he's living according to his convictions and the rule because he uh, gives the gospel both to Jews and Gentiles and gives the truth regardless of how they take it. So there we go. That is this episode of Truth Espresso Express. And so... Stay tuned for more episodes of Truth Espresso and Truth Espresso Express. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.